0: When I was in Mecca, the scholars said to me, Brother Farrakhan, this was their closing statement to me, they said, Brother Farrakhan, when you are sick, you go to a doctor. You do not tell the doctor. You ask the doctor to tell you what is wrong. And when you are not knowledgeable, you come to the scholars. And you ask the scholars that they may teach you. I said, and who are the scholars? I said, the doctors don't live any longer than their patients. I can't trust the doctor's advice. (laughs) I said, and to me it is the scholars of religion who have messed up the world of religion. I said, it seems to me from my understanding of the book, and you must bear with me because I'm just a child in this. And I was not being facetious. I am a child in this, but I'm not a foolish child in this. I said, from my understanding of this book, Satan said to Allah, because you have caused me to remain disappointed, I'm going to come after them, meaning your people, in your straight path. And I will come after them from before them, from behind them, from their left side and from their right side. And you won't find most of them thankful. I will make all of them deviate. This is Satan. I'm going to make all of them deviate. And Allah said to Satan, Whosoever follows you, I will certainly fill hell with you all. Then in another place in the Quran, Allah says, You will get all except my purified ones. Now I know we all think we're the purified ones. We would not like to believe that Satan got us in his hip pocket right now. With our crosses around our necks. And our Bibles in our hands and our crescent and star on our shoulder and a bow tie on a long white robe. We wouldn't like to believe that Satan got us. He said, I'll get all except my purified ones. I said to the scholars, I said, look, I said every time a prophet of God came, when that prophet left, Satan came and divided the prophet's community. I said, is the Muslim community divided? Are you at odds with yourself? Why then should I follow you? I'm asking questions now. Show me the proof of your scholarship. Well, that's the way that was left. I didn't go to Mecca to follow them. I did not go there looking for an agenda. I had one when I left. I had one when I came back. God does not want us following anybody today but Him. He does not want us worshipping anyone today but Him. God and God alone has come to be our leader, our teacher, and our guide. And only those who submit their will entirely to do the will of God, and bow down, and humble themselves, and don't try to make themselves more than what they really are, that people may worship them instead of God, only those will be successful teachers of the people today. God is setting down all false leaders, hurling them down, not setting them, throwing them down. Everybody that you want to worship as a God beside Him, He'll destroy them for you to show you that none today is worthy to be worshipped but God. But we come back to the question who is he? Let's get after that number 12. He put it in point number 12. I asked, why point number 12? It's a very significant number. We have 12 signs in the universe, is that right? We have 12 inches on a ruler. And the ruler enables us to draw a straight line. We want to go straight today. We've been crooked so long. But you can't go straight unless you have a ruler that will give you a straight rule to follow. So the Honorable Elijah Muhammad made it point number twelve because it is introducing the new ruler. The white man today is not going to be a permanent ruler. He will be set down by God, Bush and Company. Major and Company. of the world are to be set down. Isn't that what your Bible teaches? So why put your trust in Bush? <laughs> Don't put your trust in Saddam. Don't put your trust in King Fahd. Don't put your trust in Deng Tao Ping. You better look for the new ruler and make a straight way to him because all the others are going to be set down. In fact, America is boasting now. You notice how chesty she's become. In <laughs> just a matter of days, uh, we'll, we'll knock off Saddam and uh, we're going to set up a new world order. Not you, Mr. Bush. You're not the one to set up a new world order, Mr. Bush. You are so ingrained in the old order, Mr. Bush, that if you don't make a change quick, you're going out with the old world order. But you don't see it, you're just like Pharaoh, proud and arrogant. And your arrogance has blinded you to your own destruction. You have been sucked into something now that's bigger than yourself, so be careful, Mr. Bush. It looks easy, doesn't it, Mr. Bush? Keep going. Keep going. You say, well, who do you think you are, Mr. Farrakhan, talking like that to the President of the United States? Oh, 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 I'm just um, one that has met with one who is bigger than the president of the United States. And if he's not careful, we'll be here. But he won't. Are you threatening? No, 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 I'm saying no more than Moses said to Pharaoh, he and Aaron. There's another power on scene today, Mr. Bush. And that's why I'm here today to acquaint you with that new power so you don't have to quake when Mr. Bush calls. You can tell him I'm not answering my phone today. When he sends for you to send your sons and your daughters into the Gulf, you tell him not now. This is not my wall. He taught us, thou shalt not kill when we were thinking about killing him. If thou shalt not kill, is all right in Mississippi when we can't kill the lynchers, the burners, the rapers, and the robbers of our mothers and our fathers. Then thou shalt not kill is mighty fine in Kuwait and Saudi Arabia and Iraq because uh, Saddam Hussein never called me nigger. (laughs) Saddam Hussein hasn't done anything to me or you and he hasn't harmed one American. All he did was try to take back what was originally his. this President Bush knows. He's wrong and he's false when he said his cause is just and morally right. His cause is not just and it is not morally right. This is only phase one of a battle, of a war that has started, which is the War of Armageddon. And this war that you see going on in the East, it will engulf the whole earth! You will see, it won't be long, how he loves to bomb the cities of other nations. But no city in America has suffered such attacks. Well, you're in for a little something. I hope to tell you all about it before the day is over as I try to acquaint you with the new ruler that we all should line up behind. A new world is coming. A better world is coming. You've been praying for it, Christian brothers and sisters. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth even as it is in heaven. It is on the way now. And Bush is not the head of it the Messiah, the Mahdi, God is the head of that new government. This book, Quran and Bible, now I want us to settle because I'm going to go as fast as I can but this is kind of deep. These two wonderful books, Bible Qur'an. These are magnificent books. This is the base of the Christian and Jewish world. This is the base of the world of Islam. These books are called scripture. Moses brought a scripture. Jesus brought a scripture. The Qur'an is a scripture, although it is called a book. The word scripture means it is a part of a great writing that is bigger than this. This is just a part of it, revealed by chosen servants of God who did not write it. They revealed it and there is a difference. Muhammad had nothing to do with writing this. And Moses had nothing to do with writing the Torah, nor did Jesus have anything to do with writing the Gospel. These are men to whom God revealed His Word, but the Word that He revealed to these great men of God were part of a big book. Written by whom? The honorable Elijah Muhammad has pointed out to us in the book of Revelations. I think it's Revelation 5. There was a man sitting on a throne, not a spook, but a man sitting on a throne and there were 24 elders seated around that throne and the 24 were lamenting. They were weeping because the one who sat on the throne had a book in his hand, but nobody in the heavens or in the earth was worthy to come and take the book out of his hand. And they were searching who could come and take the book. And then a lamb came up that looked like it had been slain from the foundation of the world. And the lamb walked up and took the book out of the hand of him that sat on the throne and he opened the book that was sealed and he began to break the seals thereof. And as he began to loose the seals or break the seals of the book The 24 began to praise God and then the 24 took off their crowns and cast them down at the foot of the lamb and said, Worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb to receive honor, riches, power, glory forever and ever. Who is the lamb? book was that that he took from him that sat on the throne that even the 24 that attended the throne couldn't receive. Who are these 24 elders found in the book of Revelation? Surely we need a revelation on Revelations. How does this 24 Elders square with the Bible's us and the Quran's we. Who is the us in the Bible and the we in the Quran Since God is one and has no associates, no rivals, no partners, who is we? Everybody, all right? The Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us that there are 24 wise men who do the work of making, producing Bible and Quran. These 24 wise men have the ability, listen carefully. to tune in on the population. Listen to the people think. They are mathematical, not geniuses. They are gods of mathematics. These men listen to the people's thinking, knowing that their thinking will produce this kind of circumstance and event. And these circumstances and events will produce people who will produce other circumstances and events. And then they write it all in a book. How long is the book to last? The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that the circumference of the earth is 24,896 miles, approximately 25,000 miles. So he said, we make history or Bible or Quran to equal our home circumference a year for every mile. So the book that is written contains 25,000 years of history written in advance. And whenever a time would come that certain part of the writing is to be fulfilled, One of these major scientists of the 24, there are 12 major and 12 minor, back at that number 12 again. And the 12 major scientists, one of them will speak to a person among the people. They'll hear him talking in the ear and he will reveal to him scripture, a part of the writing and give him an assignment or a mission. That mission is from one of the twelve major. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that he who rules that cycle of history is called the Supreme Being. Supreme Being. Supreme meaning highest, being meaning that which is. Anything that exists, exists in three stages. Is liquid solid or gas? (laughs) We don't see God as liquid. We don't see him as gas. Some of the old writers called him the Rock of Ages. You can stand on him. You can depend on him. He's solid. If he's solid, then solids come. In either animate or inanimate. We don't look at God as an inanimate object. We see Him full of life and spirit and a life giver. So we have to say He's not inanimate, He's animate. And animate means He's either animal, plant, or human. We don't speak of God as a plant, although they describe Him as the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley. We don't speak of God we don't, <laughs> we don't speak of God as a vegetable. <laughs> but we speak of Him in the terms of the animal kingdom. And in the animal kingdom, we have the lowest form. And then we have the highest manifestation. And the highest manifestation in the animal kingdom is who? It is man or woman, male and female. Well, now wait a minute. You male chauvinists talking about God is a he. What about sheep? Why can't God be sheep? Let me talk to you about that. (laughs) The Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us that before the making of what we call moon, we used to write history for 35,000 years, for the moon at that time was a part of the earth those who sent their contraptions up to the moon they brought back samples of rock from the moon and they smelled what smelled like gunpowder the honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us that the earth and the moon was once one planet but one of our scientists who wanted the entire planet to speak the same dialect, but he couldn't enforce his will. He drilled a shaft into the then called moon and filled it with high explosives and set it off. That proved to be a great test of wisdom for that part called moon was shot out 36 miles and fell I'm sorry 12,000 miles and fell 36,000 miles from its original pocket and as it was turning over all the water on the moon fell to this part so you got an earth that is three quarters water and one quarter land and you got a moon with all of the uh, craters that held water but there's no water on the moon. But the moon is constantly trying to get back what it lost. So it pulls on the waters of the earth. And because of the moon, you have the woman and her cycle like the moon. We'll get into this in a second. I want to talk about the woman. Yeah. Y'all all right? Now, sisters and brothers, this may sound strange to you, but the Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us that it has been 66 trillion years since the knowledge of God was made known to the public. But before that, the public knew God. They knew the reality of God. But since that time, God hid His face from humanity and has remained a secret. And that secret is the most carefully guarded secret of all secrets, the knowledge of God. Why would God hide Himself from human beings? Now I want you to listen to this very, very carefully. Look, brothers and sisters, long before there was a white man on the earth, we had problems with ourselves. I don't want you to think that the white man is the source of all of our problems the source of all of our problems is a problem within self and that problem within self is the negative side of the original life and when it became manifest when one of our own scientists became so frustrated that he couldn't his will on the people and then decided to destroy the whole human family. Then God hid himself from man until the proper time. The scriptures say in the fullness of time he came. The scripture said after the workings of Satan. God comes. What is in us, original people, there's a problem there. And God would not come and show himself and make himself manifest until everything in us was fully exposed to us. Then, when we are fully exposed and all of our witnesses made manifest, then the human being could be perfected. Then only when you can make a perfect human being can you bring a perfect world through that human being. So in the scriptures, Jesus says, be ye perfect, even As I am perfect. But there was no perfection until the coming of this person that the Bible calls Jesus. The Quran calls him Muhammad. This day have I perfected for you your religion, your nature, your being. And I have chosen for you Islam as a religion. Well, the Muslims will say to the Christians, if you don't accept Islam, we're through with you. God don't want you because the Quran says, see, you got to accept Islam. Muslims, listen. It means unless all of us accept, not religion in name, but unless all of us accept to bow down and submit our will, to do the will of God, then we will never be accepted by God because you and I are no equal to God. And we don't know what God knows. So He demands of us obedience. He demands of us obedience. God, my time is running. Just just bear with me a few more, please. Dear brothers and sisters, the Muslims and the Christians have been at odds with each other over Jesus and over the concept of God. We want to try and straighten all of this out with the help of God.